Hey there, podcast listeners. If you're passionate and love sports, then you're in for a real treat, because this is the first ever episode of the Kickoff Crew Podcast. That's crew spelled with a K. I'm your host, Andrew Babcock, and on today's episode, we will look at the XFL's initial success and the new destination for some of its breakout players. Alright crew, hope everyone is having a great day. Like I said before, this is the first episode of the Kickoff Crew Podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the information. So, the XFL Football League, or the Extreme Football League, was officially founded in 2018. On their website, they state three core principles. One, fans first. Two, they're ultra-accessible. And three, they stay true to the game. They're faithful to the foundations of football. Staying true to the game is important to them, but they're also trying out some very experimental rules. For example, one would be the new kickoff system they established. You know, in their new system, each team starts at a certain yard line, and when no team is allowed to move other than the kicker and... They're allowed, finally allowed to move when the return man finally catches the ball. This, create, I would say, creates a much safer kickoff strategy um, in order to ensure the safety of players. Um, where before, in a lot of games, you would actually see many injuries on your average normal kickoff because of the way... Um, it's ran because players are just running full speed at each other and that's a lot of momentum building up in 250 pound players. So that could possibly cause a lot of damage to one's body. Two, I would actually say is one of the most important in it being ultra accessible. You know, the new media that has surrounded the XFL You can hear coaches call plays. You can hear quarterbacks call plays in the huddle. You can actually hear the referees uh, debate over their calls. And there's sideline interviews with coaches and players after touchdowns. It just makes, it fills the void of time that normal football has during those times when coaches are calling plays or when refs are reviewing certain calls on the field. It fills that anticipation and adds a more entertainment aspect to the game itself. And then their number one fans first, you know, that should be the basis of every league because truly it's all for the fans. The fans want to be entertained and how are you going to entertain them? You got to draw them in. So the XFL has set up a really good strategy in drawing new fans in and hopefully making them more open-minded to a new system of football. Um, Another rule change in the XFL would be the way touchdowns are in. You know, all touchdowns still count as six points, but you're able to go for one point, two points, or you're allowed to go for a three-point try. Where in normal football, three points, that's, 
that's a field goal. So you're talking about a system where rather than needing another possession to take a field goal, you have the chance to make up three points it as an add addition to your touchdown. So that's a possibility of a nine-point nine point add-on to your score. And with this system, this could make games a lot more competitive, a lot more interesting possibly. I don't truly know how I would f- I feel about it because the traditional scoring way to me is very it's very put together but like I said before the XFL it's extreme football league they're trying to try out new things they're trying to experiment so some works some some doesn't uh, the XFL is divided up into the East and West Divisions. The East Division consists of the New York Guardians, the St. Louis Battlehawks, the D.C. Defenders, and the Tampa Bay Vic- Vipers. And the West Division is divided between the Seattle Dragons, the Los Angeles Wildcats, the Dallas Renegades, and the Houston Roughnecks. All these teams, very creative names. I would say the two that drew the most attention and most fans were the St. Louis Battlehawks and the Houston Roughnecks. I think the reason between that is is because of the familiarity of the two. St. Louis lost the Rams just a few years ago to Los Angeles, so I feel that football fans in St. Louis have been looking for a new fallback and a new team, so bringing a new football team to St. Louis was a great idea by the XFL and definitely hopefully probably gained a ton of fans right off the bat and then the Houston Roughnecks they actually are using somewhat of what used to be the Houston Oilers logo so that can also be a very a big fan drawing as um the former Houston Oilers divided into the Tennessee Titans and uh Houston now has the Houston Texas in the NFL After that background information about the XFL, I want to go into the true point behind this episode, and that's free agency. Though COVID-19 has broken out and has altered all sporting events, free agency in the NFL still has been a way to keep up with some with some sort of sports-related news. With many big sightings and de- signings and deals being made, such as the astonishing DeAndre Hopkins trade from the Houston Texans to the Arizona Cardinals, some of the most eyebrow-raising signings have been the ones regarding some of the XFL's own breakout players. Before moving with the episode here, we just want to do a quick shout-out advertisement for Brady Ball Pumps. Do you ever pick up the old pigskin to throw around with the boys and it just feel a little flat? We'll never have that problem again with the very comfortable, very portable Brady Ball Pump. This ball pump will ensure you never have to deal with a flat ball again. As a coach of a peewee flag football team, I can ensure my teeth never falls flat with the big game on the line with the Brady Ball Pump. Today, go to BradyBallPump.win and enter kickoff podcast to get 12% off of your own Brady ball pump. You'll never feel deflated again with this ball pump, so get yours today. Now back to the episode. First player we're going to go over today is Drayvon Askew Henry. He was the New York Guardian safety, and he has signed with the New York Giants. Henry had 11 tackles and was fourth in the XFL in pass deflections. This is notable because he is still a very young defensive back with lots of potential, which could provide the Giants with the needed secondary help. Also, 
Henry is the first player to sign a two-way NFL-XFL deal, where after the NFL season's over, he'll go to the XFL and vice versa. The second player we're going to go over today is Dietrich Nicholas. He was the Houston one of the star Houston Roughnecks cornerbacks. Nicholas led the league with three interceptions in just five games and proved to be a great tackler. He decided to sign a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. He's a great addition to the Saints. With the Saints losing Von Bell in the offseason, season, this gives Nicholas a very competitive shot at possibly earning a starting spot if his name is all what it's caught up to be. Another big defensive position that was signed this offseason was Kayvon Walker, New York Guardians defensive tackle. Walker led the XFL in sacks with 4.5 sacks and five tackles for loss. He was signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers to a two-year deal. This adds a potential deadly threat to learn behind veterans defensive lineman Cameron Hayward and Stefan Tewitt. It's pretty crazy what Kayvon Walker did with the New York Guardians in just those first five games that were cut short because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Walker having 4.5 sacks in five games as a defensive tackle. You know, I've played the inside lineman position before, and that's a very hard position to get, you know, get into the backfield, especially towards a quarterback with. So that I truly believe he has a ton of potential, and he has a lot of talent that he's hiding, that he's really going to be a big impact one day on the NFL. And going back to Dietrich Nichols, you know, Nichols, three interceptions in five games, you know, you finish a 10-game season, you know, if you're averaging three interceptions every five games, you finish the year with six interceptions. And in the NFL, that's a pretty high high number of interceptions. And, you know, his coverage is great. Watching him in the press coverage aspects and man coverage, pretty good. Um, some zone work could definitely do him some good, especially if, you know, they are trying to groom Nichols to fill Von Bell's spot where Bell excelled, excelled quite a bit at the zone safety position. Now that we've went on some of the notable defensive add-ons to NFL teams, we're going to hit some of the offensive. We're going to start with Jordan Tamu. He was the St. Louis Battlehawks QB, former Ole Miss QB. His 2020 stats included he had 97 completions out of 134 attempts. He threw for over 1,050 yards, five touchdowns, and two interceptions. You know That's averaging about one touchdown a game. He did have one rushing touchdown. Tamu has signed a one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, which... I believe the Chiefs made a great decision there in getting Tiamu because Tiamu is a very young quarterback and has a lot of potential to him, especially to learn over under such a great quarterback as Patrick Mahomes, where last year Mahomes went down and Matt Moore had to fill that position, where Matt Moore, very veteran but very, very out of his prime quarterback, and the Chiefs struggled when Matt Moore had to fill that position, so possibly the Chiefs bringing in a younger talent such as Tamu will provide a much more solid backup and more lively backup than one one such as Matt Moore.
the second biggest offensive pickup um, by any NFL team was Donald Parham. Parham was a breakout tight end, and you know his he has a very unimaginable speed for his size. He's six eight, six eight. Like that's nuts. You know that's basketball level height, and he's going up and catching insane touchdowns while yet being able to outrun some defensive backs, which is very insane. His 2020 stats, he had 24 receptions, 307 yards, and four touchdowns in five games. One of one of, one of of those games included a 101-yard receiving game, which included two of his season touchdowns, which seeing the highlights from that game, he was breaking tackles, able, he's elusive, He's able to dodge tacklers, and it was incredible seeing how, though, how big he is, his ability to get open and his ability to beat press coverage and man coverage is great. And there's potential for him to probably even be a wide receiver. But I think with the Chargers signing him to a two year deal, that the Chargers will probably be running some double tight end sets with him and Hunter Henry. Um, as long as Parham is able to really hit the weight room and maybe build on to his muscle and physique, he might be able to even surpass Hunter Henry as the starting tight tight end. Hunter Henry had a great year last year, but I I wouldn't say Henry is the biggest or the best tight end to have as like your franchise tight end, you know. Hunter Henry isn't going to be your Antonio Gates of the Los Angeles tar- Chargers. Where Donald Parham, I would say, definitely relates a lot more to Antonio Gates in that sort of fashion. Not saying anyone can be an Antonio Gates, but Parham can be a next-level tight end for the Chargers. And as long as the Chargers give him a real chance, I think he could make a real break in the NFL. And the biggest eye-catcher out of I think all of the XFL signings that have went into the NFL is Philip P.J. Walker. He He's one-year quarterback out of Temple. He spent one year in the NFL where he really never got a chance or anything like that. So he went to the XFL and absolutely just showed up. I mean, his 2020 stats in just five games are absolutely insane. He had 119 completions for with 184 attempts, he threw for 1,338 yards, 15 touchdowns, and four interceptions, and he also had one rushing touchdown. And this is in only five games, people. He averaged 267 yards per game with three touchdowns a game. Granted, he averaged almost one interception per game, but you know the accuracy and interceptions and reading plays comes with better coaching and that's what he'll get in the NFL especially with him being signed to with a two-year contract to the Carolina Panthers though the Panthers signed just signed Teddy Bridgewater which was a great signing Walker could provide a very solid backup in that situation but also you know Bridgewater has gotten hurt pretty badly before and and also we really still don't know if Teddy Bridgewater can hold up the pressure or 
is a true starting quarterback that can have success in the NFL. So there's a lot of questions there for Carolina. And I mean, I would almost consider that this could be a possible quarterback battle. I mean, both quarterbacks very much like uh, Cam Newton in the sense of they're elusive. They're able to run. They're able to move out of the pocket. They're able to run for first downs, you know, they're able to get distance off people. I would say Walker a little more so from over Teddy Br- over Teddy Bridgewater because Bridgewater has had the injuries in the past, so those have slowed him up a little bit. But I would say PJ Walker is definitely someone to really keep an eye out for, especially in preseason where he's probably going to get a really 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 good shot to play. And I'm really interested to see what Carolina's going to do over there. Um, I was pretty shocked when they traded traded away Kyle Allen because I truly thought Kyle Allen had a good shot there at Carolina. But um, with a new coaching staff, I understand. And them getting T- Teddy Bridgewater and P.J. Walker together to man the backfield will be a great opportunity. And, I mean, another way you could look at it is you could possibly see Maybe a development like what Baltimore did where sometimes they'd bring in Robert Griffin III to run certain option sets in the backfield because that would be a great setup for between Teddy Bridgewater and P.J. Walker both being as elusive and quick as they are. Um, P.J. Walker can definitely, you know, play that position and could possibly be, you know, though not having the same height as Lamar Jackson, could be just like Lamar Jackson in the sense of running the football. Now that we've talked about a lot of the notable players around the league that have been signed on to new NFL teams, how about we talk about an entire NFL team itself, that team being the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers have signed a total of five XFL players during this free agency. The first being the New York Guardians defensive tackle Kayvon Walker. Second, D.C. Defenders cornerback Tyree Kinnell. Dallas Renegades linebacker Christian Kuntz. St. Louis Battlehawks defensive tackle Dwayne Hedricks. And New York Guardians offensive lineman Jerron Jones. The addition of Walker, Kennel, and Kuntz and Hendricks all add potential depth to their defense, which is an area they really wanted to you know, improve more than others last season. But yet I still don't see why they're making such a push towards their defense when their offense still has so many questions up in the air. I mean, with Ben Roethlisberger going down last year and he I mean he's up there he's up there in age for a quarterback with, you know, quite a few injuries under his belt. Um I would say that they're definitely a struggling crew on offense. You know, they have a pretty solid offensive line, and I like I like their signing of Jerron Jones because Jones will definitely, he's a young talent and will add a little more depth to the O-line or could possibly raise up to the occasion and possibly earn himself a starting spot. Where Kayvon Walker, like I said before, I mean, he's going to learn from a couple of the greats in the league right now of Cameron Hayward and Stephon Tewitt, and... I believe there's a lot of potential for Walker to possibly be a starter or a rotating starter and provide a good amount of depth to that 
Pittsburgh defense, I could totally see Walker making the making the final team hands down. Like I truly believe this kid has a lot of talent and his pass rush ability from you know, even the nose tackle position will be great. Um you know, DC defenders Tyree Kennel. I mean, he proved himself pretty well. Um, the Steelers last season really made it an issue where they wanted to improve their secondary, and they did that a lot by trading for Minka Fitzpatrick from the from the Dolphins. And like Minka already made a huge impact for the Steelers in his short time there, and I believe Kennel coming in will again add more depth to that position. And he'll have a lot of time to learn under, you know, veteran corner Joe Hayden. And then you got Christian Kuntz. Kuntz is a pretty young linebacker himself. He's quick. Um, He can also make plays on the ball as well in coverage. I don't necessarily understand this one the best. I know overall Pittsburgh struggled pretty hard last season anyway, but adding Kuntz to the depth in the linebacker position could definitely help them out a little bit. And then Dwayne Hedricks, again, that just adds more depth to the defensive line position. I mean, you know, that's a position where I think they're going to be super strong next year when it comes to their defense and teams are really going to have to prepare to stop their pass rush because they have a lot of big bodies up front. And then they got people like TJ Watt coming off the end and they just pretty much had a breakout and rookie linebacker Devin Bush last season. So see a lot of potential coming up from them. And like I said, Jerron Jones, He'll be a reliable young backup lineman. I mean, I don't know if I would see him making the final team, but I could def- he could probably end up being just back in the XFL or serve as a great pa- practice squad member. Um, and that's kind of all I have to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I really like that they're giving these XFL players a second chance. Because that's a lot of what the XFL is. That's a lot of, you know, I don't want to say rejects, but it's a lot of the NFL rejects or people who just haven't gotten their chance in the NFL. And, you know, the XFL has been a sh- the chance for these players to get out and show their talents and show what they can do to the entire world and really raise eyebrows, make people take a second look at them, you know, get the extra work, get the extra experience that they need to possibly excel in the NFL one day. And, you know, that's a very important thing that people are doing for these young aspiring players, such as your PJ Walkers and your your Kayvon Walker and Jordan Tamus and Dietrich Nicholas's, all those guys, young talents, you know, they served on practice squads and, They've been, you know, all over, and they're finally getting their shot, and I'd say it's a very well-deserved shot. 
Now, whether or not these XFL players will become NFL standouts or not, we'll have to leave that up to what the future holds. But for now, as a country, we hope and pray that the COVID-19 pandemic will soon come to an end. These are truly horrifying times where we're losing millions of lives every day around the world. And we just got to pray that there's going to be a vaccine or some sort of cure or some sort of medicine that helps stop this awful pandemic from just going from person to person, household to household, and just hurting families, hurting people. And there's still so much we don't know, but all I know is that we truly need need to follow what the government tells us. We need to stay inside. We need to follow follow rules and whatever to stop the spread of this pandemic and you know without the stop of this pandemic we don't see a football season we don't see if these xfl football players will succeed you know we want to enjoy sports again this pandemic has to end and i mean we just gotta share a love as a country we just gotta love but anyway that's all i have for our episode today and don't forget to kick it with the ki- the kickoff crew every Monday. So kick you later.